Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while you're on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra-aligned life. Let's dive into this episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amber Lee here. I'm so excited about this episode with Allie Levine. She is a celebrity stylist turned lifestyle expert slash queen that is dishing all the dirty happenings behind the scenes of Hollywood and the celebrity occult. So we are going deep today. We are chatting about everything from deep, deep shadow work to the spiritual awakenings that are happening. We're talking about postpartum. We're talking about childbirth and all of the really like awakening things that can happen when you're going through that. We're talking about a lot of conspiracies, guys. We're talking about celebrity darkness and the Illuminati. So if you are not down with conspiracy theories, even though most of them have proven to be true, you might not like this episode. But one thing we also talk about is just how, you know, going through the awakening, it can feel dark, it can feel heavy, but knowledge is light. So not knowing, staying in that place of, you know, being manipulated or just even not knowing that there's another way of seeing things like that is the definition of being in the dark. So we just want to help shine light on it. So it might feel a little dark. It might feel a little heavy, but you just want to, you just want to get through it. You want to get to the other side and the other side is the knowing is the awareness is the power. And that's where the light is. So before we dive into that, I want to talk about some shakeups that are happening here at Shocker Girl HQ and with the podcast. So we're actually going to start recording these little intro tidbits before every episode to share any happenings, insights, updates, and anything going on in the cosmos. We are going into eclipse season, guys. We're going to have some really great information on this on Prism, which is my other company. Instagram is prismofficial.co. But yeah, so there's just like really feelings of change and newness in the air, like releasing the old and embracing the new. And it can feel a little intense. It can feel a little bit scary, but I want you guys to really just get clear over the next few weeks of like, what do you want to bring into this new year? And what do you want to leave behind. So personally, I'm retiring from my business as I know it and reinventing the vibe. I'm really going to be, I'm taking the podcast back. I'm going to be focusing more on it. I'm going to be retiring from the coaching work I was doing. Maybe you didn't even know that I was doing, that I'm a coach. I don't, I don't really use that word. I don't really talk about it that much on here on the podcast, but I'm looking forward to just bringing more intentionality to the podcast. We have some really great guests coming up. We have new album art, if you didn't notice. And I'm actually just working on like a new format, new intro music and working on all of that just to give us an overall refresh. But yeah, like I created a seven figure business and then kind of got bored of it this year. And (laughs) it's been six years. I don't really need to work anymore. And you may have noticed by following me that I have some, I've had some like really deep awakenings over the last year or so and showing me what's really important. And right now with the craziness of the world, I just want to make more impact. I want to bring more light and I want to, you know, it's not my job to wake anyone up, but it's, you know, for the people that are awake, I want to help 
bring more sanity and light and, you know, just a really approachable way to stay in your alignment, to ascend your consciousness. And that's what we are all about. So I'm going to be coming out with something really amazing. I wasn't going to tell you guys, but I can't keep secrets about myself. I can keep secrets about other people. Can't keep them about myself. I'm actually launching a ritual app. So similar to a meditation app, but many, many different kinds of rituals. Not going to go too deep into it, but I'll be letting you guys know more about that. So I'm super pumped about that. So if you've been wanting to be coached by me, maybe you've heard me talk about Shocker Girl Business School, maybe you want to launch a spiritual business and you want some help getting it started, this is your last chance, honey. So you better DM me on Instagram. And if you're not following me on Instagram, please do. It's at Shocker Girl Co. So yeah, lots of big changes, big things coming. And I hope you're feeling the same way about your life. I hope you're stepping into that next level of you. Oh, another life update. I just binged Real Housewives of New Jersey from the beginning. And I must say, I'm like mad at every single person I know that has watched it and didn't tell me to watch it sooner because it was the best. It was the best TV I've ever watched. Best in the franchise. So many classic pop culture moments. You guys, I am just so satisfied and I'm going to be looking forward to season 12. That's crazy. Like I plowed through 11 seasons, you guys, like it's kind of disgusting, but I was also in quarantine after my trip to Tulum. So I had to be home for 14 days. What else are you going to do? You know, Real Housewives. That's, you know, on the on the top of the docket for me. Anyway, we got confirmation from Allie today that the Real Housewives are not in the Illuminati. There are like layers and tiers and hierarchy. So we don't think they're in there anyways. And here's the thing. We're never actually going to know the truth about this stuff. We just need to listen to our intuition. And it's just kind of I, like, is, is it kind of fun to like learn about this stuff? I think it is. If there's like a layer of knowingness that I'm unaware of, I want to know about it. Like I want to learn more and you can take it or leave it. You can say, does this feel like truth or does this feel not like truth? And if it doesn't feel like truth, am I just avoiding the truth? Cause it's uncomfortable or is it possible? And here's the thing. It's like, in fifth dimensional consciousness, which is where we're all heading, a lot of you listening probably have already reached that level of consciousness. There is really no right or wrong. Like there's just, it just is. Things just are. There's got to be light and dark to balance each other out. So it's a different way of thinking, quantum way of thinking rather than linear thinking, which we talk a lot about as well today. So I hope you guys enjoy this. If you're not in the mood, I don't want to hear any nasty comments. I'm giving you all the warning. So if you don't like this kind of conversation, switch it off. If you do dive in, let me know on Instagram how you like it. Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. I am your host and spiritual BFF, Amberly Lyons, and we are on a mission to make the world more consciously chic and connected, one activated chakra at a time. Today, we are chatting with a guest that I've been wanting to have on for so long. Her name is Allie Levine. She is, among many things, a celebrity stylist, an expert in all things motherhood, fashion, lifestyle, spirituality, um, and she believes that no matter where you roam, from the laundry room to the red carpet, 
authenticity is your superpower and confidence is your best accessory, which we love. Among the celebrities that she has styled are two of our favorite housewives, Lisa Vanderpump and Gretchen Rossi. And on her blog, the Allie Levine blog, it actually earned a top spot among the top 100 personal stylist blogs and has been named one of the top 40 LA fashion blogs and her podcast, Everything with Allie Levine. Allie delivers a real raw look at her own motherhood journey amid the treasures she's uncovered in the universal search for authenticity, spiritual wholeness, and happiness. Allie is not shy in sharing her awakened views. We love her so much for her realness. So excited to chat with you today. Welcome, Allie. Amber, thank you so much for that intro. That was so sweet. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I love your show. I love everything you're doing. I truly like, I love it. You're like consciously chic, bringing the world together one chakra at a time. It's like the most (laughs) glamorous yet spiritual way of putting it. I just love it. We are glam and grounded. That is how we roll. And it's, it's 11, 11 today. And we neither Ali nor myself realized this when we scheduled it. And we both realized today. And I think it's just totally kismet and meant to be a hundred percent. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's 11, 11 today. Cause I went to like go and, you know, do one of my meditations. And I was like, wait, today's 11, 11. Wait, I'm doing Amber's show today. Like I was so <laughs> honestly already excited. But then when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is such perfect alignment. Perfect alignment. Yay. Let's dive in to our slumber party questions. What is your morning ritual? Ooh, okay. Morning ritual. So being a busy mom, I'm going to be super transparent. Like a lot of my stuff happens once the girls are settled and it's not like right when I wake up, like most people, I do try when I wake up to listen to meditation for a few minutes before I kind of get the day going. But a lot of times it's, you know, get my girls handled. And then once they're settled, I do a meditation. I do a quick little breath work. I journal. I'll do usually a little bit of my gratitude journaling, as well as maybe some things I'm wanting to face as well as celebrate myself for that has gone on. And then I kind of go into my day and I'll also usually have a tea or lately I've been doing this like yummy mud water drink that I'm not a coffee girl, but I've been trying to find something that has a little bit more my busy schedule. And so this uh, mud drink is like this Rishi and cacao and all these really like yummy things for your body that I've been really liking and feeling the activation. So I've been switching that up between my tea and I do that every morning and then, you know, kind of just start to my, start in my day. Sometimes I'll turn on um, sound frequency to start the morning just to like kind of calm myself and calm energy. It just depends on how my daughters are and where the morning starts. Like today, for example, was a crazy start and everybody was just on one and energy was wild. So it was like, get my family handled and then step away and go ahead and do a 20 minute meditation because I needed it today. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Um, And I love that permission because it doesn't have to be the second you wake up. Like sometimes the ritual feels better when you feel a little bit more grounded and settled and you've taken care of some of those more urgent things. Like you're, you're the humans that live in your home. Like you want to (laughs) them, you want to spend time with them. Like, you know, that sometimes comes first. And I think there is like this stigma. I don't know who decided that it has to happen the second you wake up, but let's just not feel guilty if it doesn't. 
Yeah. And I love that you said that. And I think that, you know, that's why I was honestly felt called to be real about that because, you know, before my girls and let's be real, I was not very spiritual before um, even becoming a mom. That's a whole nother thing. But I, you know, even when I would try to do a little bit of meditation or a little bit of journaling, like I was like, I'd wake up in the morning and I would do it just because it was told to you, you're supposed to do it right then. But I didn't feel like I was actually intentional and I was actually even manifesting anything or actually having anything move through me. So now that I'm actually really intentional with my time, and my space and my energy, I feel like I actually give myself that permission to really go in and, you know, go deep and be like, okay, I'm going to listen to this today, or this is what's resonating. So I have different things in my toolbox that I use to kind of, you know, change in and out of as I get bored, like anything else, um, and let myself, you know, really consume that ritual for that morning. Yes. It's not just like a task that you need to check off the list. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I want to know about this mud drink. Like what is the brand I've been searching for like a coffee alternative that doesn't just literally tastes like a mushroom. Totally. Yeah. It's funny. I like randomly found them. Like, I think it was on social media. I can't remember now. It's called mud water. I'll have to like check the exact, cause I know it's a weird spelling, but it's, I'm sure if you Google that, you can find it, but I'll have to like, look for you, but it basically has like cacao in it and reishi. And then like some other like mushrooms and like just different like types of things that are good for obviously your body and grounding and everything. And, you know, I'll add a tiny little bit of like almond milk or like right now, a little bit of like my pumpkin creamer, just to like add a little something to it. But I do it, you know, just with hot water. And I have to be honest, I feel more energy and I feel like it's so much lighter because I've never been a coffee person. Like in general, even when I was young, I drank, you know, lattes and, and, and different types of coffees, honestly, like just to be cool, which is like, you know, so stupid, but it was like, Oh, my friends are doing it. So I'm going to do it, you know? And, uh, and, but I never liked it. Like I never liked the feeling of it. I always felt shaky. And then when, as I got older and I realized like, I'm drinking this just to do it because society's telling me to do it. Like, this is stupid. And so I stopped because I noticed it was actually making me like crazy. And then I switched to tea and, you know, I got really into tea and I like different teas, but every now and again, like tea just doesn't cut it or I'm not feeling it. So this has kind of been a fun, you know, middle of the world for me. Um, and then honestly, a lot of times too, I'll just do like hot water and lemon and sometimes add like cucumber if I'm feeling it or, you know, just something different, but like, I don't know. I also have gotten like, and I feel like a lot of people get like this when they get into that kind of spiritual place is like, you really start to dive into like water and how much it really opens you up. And I feel like I mostly consume water at this point. Like it's really, maybe sometimes I do juice, but it's really like water and then I'll add things to my water. (laughs) Yes. I have like, my friend makes fun of me because I have this like empty pickle jar, (laughs) but it's like, it's, I know that it's a liter. So I drink like two or three of them a day and I can like, she's like, you know, there's like nice glass bottles you can get so that, you know, it's a liter. I'm like, I know, but they're harder to clean. It's hard to get in there. (laughs) I want to use this every day. So I want to be able to give it a quick little little rinse and for it to not taste like dish soap. So so funny you say that my husband like got me a Yeti because like, you know, you just constantly, especially when I was breastfeeding, I was like constantly like getting another glass of water, getting a glass of water. He's like, this is crazy. Like you can't keep up. So, you know, he got me like the whole thermos, but it's funny because I'm terrible. Like I'll forget for a few days, like to clean it out, which is disgusting. And he'll say something. He's like, he's like, did you get in there and like scrub it? And I'm like, I rinsed yesterday. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, give that to me. I need to scrub it. And he's like, now I have to get in the habit of like taking the, you know, the piping and like going around scrubbing yeah. it. So I totally I'm, get that. I'm wanting I'm to make, it, make it easier. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Just get it. Tell your husband he can get his money back and just get you a pickle jar. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is your favorite crystal of the moment? Oh, of the moment. Oh, okay. Let's see. I mean, I always really love rose quartz. I'm really drawn to it. I love pink. Like, let's be honest. If I could just like dress myself and everything in pink, I would be happy. Um, <laughs> Hence Gretchen Rossi, Lisa. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. Um, yeah. But I mean, I love rose quartz because it's some kind of feeling I really love about it. But also I've really gotten into lapis a lot lately. I recently mm. bought a really beautiful lapis crystal necklace that I just like randomly stumbled upon on Etsy and I wear all the time and I, I just love it. And what else do I say? And I would say maybe I also have an amethyst that I've been really drawn to. I have my bedroom right now that I've been really into. And um, I actually couldn't even tell you why, because I mean, I've always thought amethyst was beautiful, but it was never a crystal I was drawn to. And I've been very drawn to it lately. So yeah, I guess I would say probably lapis and amethyst are like right now, but rose quartz has been one of my go-to since I kind of dove into the crystal world years ago. I mean, your third eye and your crown chakra are just begging for the amethyst and lapis. Clearly, they are like <laughs> open and they are hungry and they're loving it. I love it. What, what is your sun, moon and rising? Okay. I may have to hit my phone. This is terrible. I write it down because I always, <laughs> I always mess it up. I was like, no, I'm kidding. Okay. So my, my son is cancer because I'm, I'm, I'm a cancer, but my, I want to say my moon is Taurus, but let's double check because mom brain is a real thing. And I just want to make sure I literally wrote this in my phone for my husband, for myself, for my daughters. So, okay. Yeah. Cancer sun, Taurus moon, and then Capricorn rising. For whatever reason, I always forget my rising. Always. Interesting. That's like so earthy and like, I love it. The, I mean, you look like a cancer. Like when I look at you, I'm like, oh yeah, she's definitely a cancer. It's so funny because I hear that, but like, I don't like when I read the qualities of a cancer, I'm like, but I'm not this. Like so I don't, my, fr- my best friend is a cancer and you actually like look so similar to her. Um, oh, how funny. Like your smile is very similar. And uh, she says the exact same thing. She's like, I'm just going to call myself a Libra because and every time you know like she'll like repost memes about libras and i'm like okay but like you're not a libra (laughs) so funny because i've done things like that i post things like my stories and my friends will be like but that's not your sign i'm like but that resonates more with me (laughs) okay but it's funny you know i i said to my mom you know because my 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 mom obviously most parents that are not that into this and so i said to my mom i'm like mom i'm like you know you're not like that into like you know astrology and everything i'm like but you know my cancer qualities like i'm just i don't feel like i really resonate with that and i'm I'm like, you know, what's the deal? And she's like, well, maybe because you were born late. And so that's what I keep blaming on because I was, mm. I was due on June 18th and I was born July 12th. Thank you, medical system, for letting me sit for a month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, wait, so what's, what would your, if you were June 18th, what would that be? Is that a, a Gemini? I think it's, yeah, I think I'm like, wait, hold on, let's, let's Google. I think it's Gemini. I know. Yeah. Right. June, I think you're right. June 18th is like real life zodiac sign. Okay, let's see. Gemini, yes. June Gemini, 18th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that checks out too. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm just like a smorgasbord, which smorgasbord. totally makes sense for me because, like, I feel like I'm a smorgasbord in so many ways. But it's just funny because I, when my mom told me that, I was like, wait, I was due June 18th. I'm like, are you sure they didn't have the date wrong? And they're like, no, literally, when they took you out, like, my, like, umbil- like the umbilical cord, like, everything placenta was dry. And I'm like, oh, awesome. 
perfect. Great. Yeah. It was literally, it was dried up. My mom said my dad looked like he was going to pass out. Like they handed it over and it was dry. And they were like, oh, good thing we took her. And they were like, okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you're a Gemini. Let's just, you just are. Okay. So I want to talk about you and all the amazing things that you're doing. So when did you have your spiritual awakening and how did that coincide with your career life? And like the Hollywood scene life, like, and becoming a mother, like what was the kind of sequence of events here? Oof, it was such a, it's still such a whirlwind. So let's see. Okay. So going back, I mean, to be honest, I don't think I fully realized when my spiritual awakening was really happening because my grandmother passed in 2013. That's who my first daughter, Amelia, is named after. Um, that was my very best friend on this earth. Uh, she still now is, you know, with me on the other side. And she and I were just inseparable. And I looked to her, honestly, for everything and spent my weekends with her. I probably spent more time with her than anyone in my life till she basically passed. And so, you know, when she passed in 2013, I literally felt like a ripping of my soul. And I remember describing that to people and, and people not really understanding it. And I was like, my heart physically hurts. Like I literally feel this like ripping away. And I really felt like she, when she left, I like physically felt it all go. And, you know, when that happened, I feel like I was really angry with God and source and really just angry in general. And I turned away from everything and I really shut down and uh, I went to a very dark place. And shortly after that's when I was very successful in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I laugh now because now I understand the correlation back then. I just thought that, you know, it was just, Hey, I'm focused on the job and only the job. And so therefore I'm being successful. And I'm sure of course, part of it was that, but as most of us know, at least that are listening to your show, Hollywood is pretty dark. And there is a lot of, you know, that darkness that plays into with the ego where you feel like, you know, that's where you're thriving, where actually you're not at all. And I think that in that environment, I continued to just be really dark and be um, really consumed by the ego and of just being, you know, essentially whatever a celebrity wanted me to be, I was. I wasn't paying attention to my personal life. I wasn't involved in my marriage. I was just very much involved in the scene of Hollywood and doing what they wanted me to do as far as, you know, my job and styling and and doing what, you know, they were happy with me doing. And so then, you know, fast forward and after, you know, quite a few years um, in the Hollywood space, I'm starting to get asked to be on camera to talk about fashion tips and what people are wearing and how they're getting best dressed and how they can create it. So I start doing all these TV shows and, you know, then all of a sudden I'm, you know, getting asked to be like, um, you know, E and XS and all these places. And I start meeting all these different teams. And before I know it, I meet this woman and she's a producer and she's like, oh, we're working on this show. It's a fashion show. We'd love to have you. It's a competition, this, that, and the other thing. So anyways, fast forward, you know, I, I auditioned for this, like most things in Hollywood, they don't go through. <laughs> um, it was not yeah, green lit. And I was put on this list of like talent to like reach back out to if things had kind of played out. And so fast forward, things kind of continue and, and 2016 rolls around and I'm doing more and more of my career. And uh, my husband's really asking for me to think about, you know, having a baby and, you know, to focus on, you know, our marriage and us and, and this, that, and the other thing. And I could just honestly give two shits. I was just like, no, my career, my career, I had to focus on my career. I'll do that later. Like, let me just do this. And I was very disconnected. And so then uh, 2017 comes and I get a call about this show that they're working on for Bravo called Stripped. And they're like, hey, you know, we think you'd be a great fit. It'd be really fun to 
kind of like see you go through this journey of having everything taken away from you as a celebrity stylist. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. Um, and they were just like, you know, it's like awesome. It's like, you know, it's, it's on Bravo. It's a reality show, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, honestly, you know, I was like, when I heard the whole idea of having them take it away, I was like, um, no, but then of course the ego part of me was like, Ooh, but you know what? It's Bravo and it could help my career and all these things. And so I'm like, all right, let me think about it. And I tell my husband and my husband, Justin, he's like the most real person you'll ever meet. And he was like, you know, this would be good for you. Like this might help you like actually get out of your own way. This might help you actually realize like you're too in touch with this world. Like, I think this would be good for you. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I'd even do it with you just to like be supportive. So next thing I know, you know, I'm telling my team, you know, we have a meeting anyways, fast forward, we signed the contracts and I do this crazy show called stripped. Now, when I did the show, I saw it as a show and an opportunity just further myself and my career and, and, you know, be in the Hollywood scene even further and beyond Bravo, clearly God and universe and everybody else around me, my guides and other plans. And so when I was going through it, I think that's actually really where my awakening started, but I don't think I was aware it was starting because I was so in it. And, you know, I tried explaining to people when they ask me about the show, I'm like, look, I understand when you watch it, it just looks like everything's taken away and I'm having a meltdown about being in a red carpet with nothing. And, and I get it. Like it doesn't really give a real picture, but for us, we were living 21 days in our home home with like nothing until we'd get one item back each day was the premise of the show. Mm. And so starting with literally nothing and being naked to like completely vulnerable to then getting addressed back, you know, getting toothbrush back, all these things. I think it really started honestly, like ripping away at me and started making me really see that I almost had like this fake shield of like, whatever of clothing, of jewelry, of glam, that was really kind of keeping me from healing with everything I got on with my grandma and other things in my life. And it was just like this, like false sense of happiness and reality. And I don't think I really realized that until I actually was on stripped. And, you know, of course they don't show all this, but you know, when you're on these kind of reality shows, they wind you up and, you know, let you go. They, they're, they're essentially kind of sociopath producers <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, so, you know, it was like, they would ask me all these intense questions and I would have breakdowns and start crying. And, and, you know, and it, I didn't, I don't think I even realized Amber how much I was breaking down and how much I was actually like shedding when I was in it because I was just in it and we were filming and then you know after all that filming and I had spoken so much about my past and my grandmother and all these things I was going through in Hollywood and all this stuff it started like really becoming real. Like it was like, I had to actually now sit with these shadows because I had spoken about them and they were no longer like essentially hidden inside of me. It was like, oh no, here they are, you know, bright as day in front of your face. And so I had to start really looking at that and start asking myself like what I was doing and what was going on. And shortly after filming, you know, I got pregnant with our first daughter, Amelia. And I find no coincidence in that because I believe because I started to do the work and I started to be open, you know, then that was when that happened. And I think that from that point to then becoming pregnant with her, my spiritual awakening really took off because it's really crazy to me when I think about it, but I would be on certain sets or I'd be around certain celebrities and I would just feel like this darkness and I would just feel like so sick and I would feel so weird. And I would tell my assistant, you know what? I don't feel good. I'm going to go home. You know, you stay and finish up the set, you know, call me, let me know if you have any issues. And this kept happening. And I couldn't place it. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just nervous because like I'm pregnant, like, but it just kept happening and happening. And so I finally said to my publicist, hey, you know what? Something's off. I don't know what's going on, but like, I'm not, I'm not feeling like styling right now. I think I'm just gonna let my assistants take over for the rest of this. And she was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, we have all these gigs booked. And I was just like, yeah, I know. But like, I'm not, I don't know how to explain it, but like, 
I'm not in the place to be doing this right now. I need to just focus on my pregnancy and like focus on this and not worry about that. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, thank God she's so supportive. She's still with me now. And she was like, okay, you sound like really serious and like come over. We'll chat. You know, we had this whole long chat. I ended up realizing when her and I chat that she's been down the rabbit hole for a very long time and knows what's going on. And so that was a whole nother awakening for me of like a red pill of like, oh, wow, you know, way more than I knew, thought you knew (laughs) and kind of opened my eyes up, I think even more. And um, I think once that was kind of confirmed for me, I literally felt like God's source told me that night, like you will not be doing this anymore, at least not right now while you're pregnant. So I literally told myself I was done passed off all my jobs and said, I don't know what I'm going to do for, you know, work and whatever, but I'm not doing this. And uh, I just put all my, you know, faith and trust in that. And so I focused on the pregnancy and shortly after, you know, sharing my pregnancy and, you know, just my everyday experience of being pregnant, I started getting this following from, you know, pregnant women and, and moms and people that wanted to see my journey in that point. And all the fashion stuff started falling away in the celebrity side, but all the fashion around moms and pregnancy started coming organically, really just seamlessly. It was really crazy. All of a sudden I just started building a blog around this without even meaning to. And I started working with even pregnant celebrities that, you know, were in a totally different space. And it was so interesting kind of how it started playing out. And then, you know, fast forward and I have my daughter and that's a whole nother story. And I think also further awakened me because I wanted to have a water birth. Long story short, my daughter had other plans, wound up in a C-section 42 hours later. And that trauma of that entire birth experience really did a number on me. And it put me in a very heavy postpartum depression very quickly after having her. And, you know, when I was pregnant with her, I was like, okay, I'm, when I finish, you know, and I have her, I'm going to go back to work. I'm not going to go necessarily back with my subs. I'm going to go back to set and do a bunch of sets and campaigns and like do that kind of styling because that makes me happy. And so after I had her one, I couldn't go back to set right away because I was like super, you know, sore and my body was healing and I wasn't expecting to have any of that. So I couldn't drive. I think it was like seven or eight weeks. I couldn't get a bed for almost three weeks. I mean, it was, it was a total mess in that sense. I had no idea that, that, you know, I was going to go through that. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to have her. And like three days later, I'll go to set, you know, like that was my, that was my mentality. Like push her out, go right back to set. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, again, the universe was like, again, no, that's not happening. And so then, you know, fast forward and the postpartum depression kicks in and, you know, I'm still going to set and I'm still pushing myself and I'm taking her with me. You know, I have pictures and videos of, you know, her being on set itty bitty and I'm styling, you know, models and I'm there and I'm doing all the things. But then I would go in the corner and I would start like crying and breaking down. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I'm like, here I am. I'm a mom. I've got my baby with me. I'm doing a great job. Everyone's happy with my work. Everything is getting done. Why am I upset? Like, what is going on with me? And I did no idea what was going on. And so I, you know, kept like having all these, you know, spiraling, you know, issues going on with me. And I just kept having like mental blocks and I just remember constantly feeling dark and I didn't know why, and I couldn't get out of my own way. And so much so that I would like, you know, pull out my flipping false eyelashes and I would be like constantly biting my nails. And I was just doing things that like weren't my nature. Mm -hmm. And I was just like spinning and I didn't know why I was spinning. And so then, you know, a little bit more time goes by. And one night I'm laying in bed with my husband. I turned to Justin and I say, you know, I just kind of feel like I'm mourning the death of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Uh, and he just kind of looked at me and was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah." And and you know, it was funny. Like you got goosebumps, you know. And and, and in that moment, I did too. But 
for me, it was like such a release. It was like, I was being honest for the first time in so long. And to him, it was like, oh my gosh, red flag. Like what is going on, you know? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not happy. I just like, all the emotions are coming back right now. It was so intense for me in that moment to admit that. And I just remember sitting there and being like, okay, but I've now like, I've now essentially unearthed this and I've let this out to like, I need to deal with this. And so then began the process of, you know, because I did have a team that was there for my, you know, natural birth, even though it didn't wind up the way I wanted, I did have that team. And so I reached out to them and I said, Hey, I'm going through something and I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, I went and, you know, got seen and I was diagnosed with, you know, pretty heavy postpartum depression and, you know, they were like, all right, you know, what do you want to do? And I just remember going to the doctor who had done the C-section and he said, well, I can get you on, you know, um, Prozac and this, that, and the other thing, and we can have you, you know, back to work in the next six weeks, most likely if, you know, you follow all the protocols. And I just remember sitting there and I remember like looking at him and looking at the prescription and, and, and asking myself like, okay, I could kind of do this quick fix and just take this and then just get going again. And and figure it out. But something inside of me was deeper. Obviously God's verse was like, no, that's not going to work. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to politely decline. I'm going to try to figure out something else I can do. And, uh, in that moment, I didn't really know what that was. Um, I, I bet just, the doctor loved that. eh? Oh, the doctor was so, yeah. The doctor was like, uh, what, you know? And I was just like, and he's like, he's like, well, I don't know how you're going to survive. I don't know how you're going to, you know, function. And I was like, well, I'll figure it out. And if I need you, I'll call you and you'll give me the prescription. Like it's not going anywhere. Right. And he was like, no, but like, you should probably start now. And I was just like, yeah, okay. But I'm, I'm not going to start now. And he wants to get his kickback. Exactly. And so I was just like, oh no, I'm good. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wait a minute. And thank God I, you know, I listened to, you know, myself and source because a lot of times I hadn't done that. And, um, you know, I felt like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do this. And so I called my doula at the time and I called my team and I said, what should I do? And I said, well, let's get you like a postpartum specialist. Let's get you a therapist. Like, let's see what, you know, what you can essentially do for yourself on a more holistic level, since that's what resonates with you. So I, you know, started and going to therapy and long story short, all this stuff started, you know, essentially unearthing very quickly. And it was like, you know, nothing to do with the birth. And it was all about me not dealing with my grandmother's passing and so much of things that I hadn't healed and things, you know, in my marriage and all these things that like, I just hadn't dealt with because I was so focused in Hollywood and it just all came up so much. And it was like, okay, well now you have to face all this darkness and all of your shadows to essentially get through. Because if you don't, like, you're not going to find light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, okay, well (laughs) cards on the table, like this, you're going to either deal with this or you're going to get on medication. What's it going to be, you know? And so basically once, you know, I decided to start the therapy and I started doing cognitive therapy. I did end up doing a a bunch of CBD. I have to say that was actually a game changer in my life. I know it's very controversial, but for me, it helped me so much. And I still felt like it was more on the natural path and I didn't do a ton of it, but I would do different tinctures and sometimes different gummies. And that I think really helped along with the cognitive therapy, along with the therapy sessions, the visualization therapy, the journaling, the drawing, um, you know, I think all of those different modalities, the meditation, you know, all of it, I think it really helped with the CBD, I think gave it an extra kick um, of a notch to help me. What, is, get what is the 
what is the controversy around CBD? I haven't heard of that. Oh, you know, when it's in the mom world, it's very much like some. Oh, moms I see, like if you're like breastfeeding. Yes, or whatever. correct, um, correct. And okay. so my response to that is obviously you do you, you know what's best for your body. But here's the deal: you're gonna come and shame me for doing CBD and breastfeeding, but then you're gonna take prescription drugs and breastfeed oh, your right? baby. That's that's oh my gosh, no. So 100%. and I'm like, look, no judging. Like that's your choice and your journey, but like understand that like that yeah. is what you're shaming me for and like I'm right. choosing something else that maybe to you isn't right because the medical system has told you it's not right but really if you do your research there's actually quite a bit of research that shows how much CBD helps and how natural it really is especially if you're not doing the THC form which I was not and so you know um it was really helpful for me and I think that and then the journaling so much like you know they had me journal and therapy like I was so hard though I remember in the beginning because it was like okay every day you have to write down five things that like are bothering you about yourself right now. And it was like having to actually write that down and admit that it's one thing to like, say, you're going to do that, but to actually follow through and write those things down and then read them to yourself and be like, wow, I'm saying these things about myself. It was brutal, but that was like one of the first things they really made me do. And I think it was really to kind of dive in on the you know, ego side of things to like, really be like, all right, let's like dive in and like, see what's going on with you, you know? And so all these different modalities really helped me. Meditation obviously was huge. It was funny because years ago I couldn't meditate for like five minutes. I don't know about you, Amber, but like, I could not meditate for my soul. Everyone would be like, you need to meditate. And I'd be like, you don't need to frick off. Like, <laughs> it was like, you know, I'm like, I don't have time. And I would like, you know, twiddle my thumbs and so anyways, when I first, you know, was really getting into meditation from the different therapies, you know, it was like, I would meditate for two minutes and I'd be like, I'm done. They'd be like, just yeah. commit for five minutes a day, just five, you know? And then I was like, okay, now we're going to do 10, you know? And then all of a sudden it was 20 and 25 and 30. And before I knew it, there were some that were like 45 minutes to an hour and I couldn't believe I was doing it. And so I think all those different things really led to more of my awakening and then further opened me up. And then I think, you know, fast forward to then having a second daughter, being pregnant during the pandemic, which Arlie clearly chose the pandemic time. And, you know, being that I was pregnant during such a crazy time in the world and so much of information coming out and so much going on, if you were open to it and being in all that, I think I really further fully awakened being pregnant with her in 2020. So for me, I kind of feel like it's been this like slow awakening. And then it was like, boom, 2020 hit. And it was, which I know for a lot of people that happened, and, yeah. you know, and it was like just this massive, like, whoa. And I mean, even so much so that when, you know, I was having her, you know, and, and, um, you know, going for a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after a C-section, first off, when I, said I wanted to do that. And I was pregnant with her. Everybody was like, you're crazy. You have to have another C-section. We have to schedule you. And I was like, no, all due respect. I've done my research. I'm going to do a VBAC. And, you know, all these doctors, all these people were trying to put fear around me and even family. And I was like, no, all due respect. I'm doing a VBAC, you know? And so I really learned to stick to, you know, my guns and advocate for myself. I found a doctor who was willing to do it. And, and, you know, I went over everything with them. And so fast forward to actually, you know, having Arlie um, during the pandemic, you know, I'll never forget, you know, we were at Cedars, you know, it's total craziness. They had just opened it up to let my husband in the week before he still wasn't allowed in. I was contemplating doing a home birth because I didn't want him to not be with me. Like it was so wild because there was so many, you know, unknowns going on. It was like, you know, oh, you're going to be COVID tested. Oh, you're going to have to get up, you know, wear a mask the whole time. Oh, your husband can't be there. I mean, it was like the list went on and I was like, 
oh my gosh, I just want to have a peaceful VBAC. Like this is insane. And, you know, and so anyways, uh, thank God, you know, they uh, opened up the restrictions literally right before she came and she came right at 42 weeks. So I was like, oh, she totally held out for her dad. And so um, they changed the restrictions. No, he's allowed in. We didn't end up getting COVID tested. I was so grateful. They let me take my mask off the whole thing. I was, I was really grateful the way it all played out. And so um, anyways, I'm, you know, at the end of this and I'm, I'm pushing and, you know, I'm dilated and everything's going on. And it's actually been a pretty seamless process. Like I've dilated way faster and everything's happening. And I'm like, oh good. This is like so seamless. Everything's going great. Even my husband was like, wow, this is so much easier. This is so much like way more fluid than it was with, you know, our, our last, you know, experience and everything. And so you know, I get to the end and it's, it's time to push. And so, you know, I'm, I'm uh, at the end and I'm pushing and, you know, I'm fully dilated and I'm like right there, the, you know, the destination station. And they're like, okay, time to, you know, time to practice pushing. Cause I, since I had a C-section with Amelia, I wasn't able to actually really push. So I'm practicing anyways, fast forward practicing for quite a few hours. And then I spike a um, a fever um, from, you know, which can happen sometimes over time. And so they're like, okay, um, you know what? No more pushing, no more practicing. Like it's go time. Like we have to get her out. And so, you know, I, you know, we get me into position. I start pushing and she essentially gets like stuck. And my doctor looks at me and he's like, look, I know you really want to be back, but like, if she gets stuck again, like I have to take you to a C-section. Like, I know you don't want to hear this. And I know you came so far, but like, I, I I'm doing the best I can, but I have to make sure you and her safe, which like, I totally respect and understand. But of course, in the moment I'm like, you've got to be flipping kidding me. And so, you know, I just remember sitting there and I'm like, no, I didn't come this far. I didn't work on myself this much for this to happen. And so I turned to my husband and I said, can I have my AirPod please? And I had put different playlists on my phone of like meditations and fear releasing and all these different things around birth. And I shut my eyes and I say a prayer and I set an intention. I put my earbud in and I start envisioning and I start listening to this fear releasing. I shit you not. I hear, I hear him say, push, push. And all of a sudden I swear I saw white light. I saw pink light. I, it was the most wild experience. And there she was screaming and I had pushed her out. That is wild. Okay. So let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no, it's not that hippy dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz. And every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant. And I get so many compliments on it. It's called the Sunray necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows. And we have an entire fifth dimension 5D consciousness collection if you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes. One of my business partners is one of the Real Housewives and I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic. Don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes. A discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. 
And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. That does sound like an actual like awakening. Like you went to another dimension and, and got your daughter. That's so beautiful. I love, love, love that. Oh my gosh. So at what point did you, were you like, okay, I'm spiritual now. <laughs> like, did you like label it? No, I think it was more like, honestly, like when that happened, I was just like, oh my God, thank you, God. Like I was so, I was so proud of myself. I felt so empowered. My husband even noticed it. He said to me, he goes, wow, from one birth where I watched you literally go into like depression and postpartum depression so quickly. And he called it postpartum euphoria with Arlie because he was like, look at like you and how empowered you are and how like happy and you're just like glowing. And like, you don't even realize like that they're like, essentially, you know, still like pumping you and fixing you. Like you're just in like another dimension, you know? And I was so happy and I was so grateful. And, and I think it was just more like, I just knew like my, my soul, like I had done it and that Arlie and I had done it together and, and I had overcome and there was just so much healing in it. And I think that, you know, once kind of, I kind of processed her birth and I was, you know, home and in my space and then with Amelia and everything, I started realizing like, wow, all of this played out essentially for me to kind of go through my own traumas and to not only be awakened and have my own spiritual awakening, but also to go through so much healing. And, you know, when that happened with her, more healing came in so many other places. And I don't find any coincidences in that, you know, and I think that she was a huge part of that for me. So it was like a rebirth of yourself, right? Exactly. With being reborn. I mean, so many times women talk about their spiritual awakenings after they have their children or they become pregnant and they talk about, you know, being in other portals and other dimensions. And I never used to understand it, to be honest. I used to be like, what? But then, you know, after getting pregnant, I think I had that experience with Amelia too, but because I had so much trauma going on and I had so much happening, I think I wasn't really open to it. I didn't really fully experience it. I think I got nudges of it. I think I saw glimpses of it, especially when I was around Hollywood and didn't want to be there anymore. So I think there was a lot of that, but I think that with Arlie, especially because I was so present and 2020 was pretty much being at home and it was just, you know, very much me meditating and doing breath work other than being a mom to Amelia. I was so focused. I mean, pretty much all of my work and sponsorships were gone because the world was so crazy. So I didn't have anything to do. Mm. And at first it was so hard for me because it was like, Oh my gosh, well then I'll work on my website. I'll do this. Like I was spinning out of control. Like most people I'm sure like, what do you do when there's nothing going on? But then I finally allowed myself to go on this inward journey. And I just focused on the pregnancy and on really working on the intention for my VBAC and just feeling good and just spending the time with Amelia and being one-on-one knowing that that was coming to an end and just really went inward and was really present And I think that further opened up, you know, that awakening for me and really made me realize like I am so spiritually in touch and I can trust my intuition. And I think that in answer to your question, when I had Arlie, when they had the VBAC, I think that moment was that like, yes, you are aligned. Like you do know what you're talking about. You've been told you don't, but this is confirmation that you do. Mm, Yes. Love that learning to really like trust it. Yeah. Well, because society teaches us not to, right? Everything around us teaches us not to. So it's hard when you start to tap into that. You're like, well, am I crazy? Well, is this really true? Is this really real? You know, and I think for me, 
yeah. there was so much of that until yeah. I had her and I literally pushed against all odds. And it was like, no, here it is. You, you stepped into the fear, you saw it, you moved through it. And like, here she is. And here you are, like you said, as far as being reborn. Mm, yeah. And you feel like, especially now where it's very easy to be second guessing your intuition because the program. Oh yeah. Like, amped the fuck up. So I want to talk a little bit about the, I want to talk a little bit more about Hollywood. You mentioned that, you know, there's this darkness and being around certain people may, you know, affected your energy. Like, do these people know that they are harnessing this dark energy? Like, are they sitting around a table and being like, this is our, you know, demonic plan, or is there like an infiltration or is it just, you know, ego, money, greed? Like what is exactly happening in this darkness? You know, I don't think I fully know the answer to that. Yeah. I don't think anyone does, to be honest. Um, I think in my own experience, I think that there's different, definitely different levels of it. I think that for a lot, it's ego. For a lot, it's money and greed. I mean, we know that money can definitely be the root of all evil. Money can also be a tool and be a very good thing when you choose to use it the right way. But we know it can definitely be the root of evil. Um, and I think that you do see a lot of that when it comes to Hollywood and big players and elites and all that. I think that a lot of it is also, of course, we know it's not, it's no conspiracy. Everyone knows that people sell their soul. You know, it's a real thing. What that means is a whole different story. You know, some people just think, It just means that you're going to, you know, just do what Hollywood tells you to do. But then what is the level of that? You know, what is the level? Are you going to, you know, does it mean you're going to post and push a certain agenda? Does it mean you're going to do certain things because that's what they tell you to do? Does it mean you're going to do things you shouldn't do? I mean, you know, there's so much speculation and all that. And I think, again, everyone's different. I think there is definitely demonic energy. I do believe there are there is witchcraft. I mean, I've been around it. There is black magic. There is, you know, there are all of these things. And I think it's a matter of who chooses to participate in it. You know, even at the parties I used to go to, you could feel it the minute you walked in, the different things they were doing and working on, the drugs and all the things you would feel the energy. You know, you could just feel um, how dark it was. But to be quite honest, you know, when I was young and just thriving and it was a top celebrity stylist and, you know, my ego was being fulfilled 24 seven, I didn't care, you know, um, I was just not that I was involved, but I just didn't care what was around me because I was focused on my job and the people. And I didn't do those things, but I just pretended like it wasn't happening around me because it was like, Oh, I'm just going to do my job, you know, keep my head down. Um, and, you know, and, but I mean, I think a lot of people also choose to get involved with those kind of things and, and they do, you know, get dark and deep. I mean, we know the occult is real. We know that Scientology is real. I mean, all these things are real. They're not, you know, conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, when you hear that and you know that it's like, okay, well then how deep does this rabbit hole go? We, we really don't know. I mean, we know obviously trafficking, we know different things that play out, but do we really know you know, who's doing what? And do we really know, you know, like who is conjuring up things? No, not really. We hear things, you know, I've been told certain things when I'm on sets, like, you know, so-and-so, you know, unless you're in that space, don't hang with her, you know, whatever it may be, but you don't really know unless you're in it. Right. And because I didn't choose to get into it, thank God, you know, I really don't know. I just know what I saw and what I felt. And I think that when we feel things, right, even though we're taught not to trust what we feel, We absolutely should trust what we feel. And I think that that for me, especially being pregnant with my first daughter, Amelia, like feeling everything when I would feel uncomfortable, I just remember 
feeling physically ill or I would feel like this weird tightness or I would feel like I was suffocating and I didn't understand what my problem was. And I just thought it was because I was pregnant. I really did. I chalked it up to like, I don't feel good. I'm uncomfortable. I'm pregnant. And, but then it kept happening and it was like certain places and it was certain sets, certain people. And I started realizing like, you know what, something must be off. There's a reason why I keep getting these nudges, you know, and and I, I couldn't tell you even to this day, like what it was exactly, but it was just the energy. You know what I mean? I think at that yeah. point, because I was carrying another life and you really do essentially create a portal in your body. Like yeah. I was feeling all those energies and I'm sure because she was such a brand new bright light, she was pushing all the darkness and it was probably a whole energy thing going on that I wasn't even aware of because of it, you know? And so I think that, you know, a lot of people like to say like, oh, it's one certain person or, oh, it's only these five people. And I don't believe that's true. I do believe Hollywood is infiltrated. I don't believe it's everyone. I do believe there are light workers in there trying very hard to work through and do what they need to do. But I do think it was infiltrated a long time ago. And I think- Who do, for you, think, who do you think has like the light energy? Like who do you feel is like, oh, they're, you know, they're definitely like a good, genuine person in Europe. I think Matt McConaughey is a light worker. Yeah. You know, he's always been speaking out and speaking his truth and, speaking about God and, and you can tell he genuinely speaks about God. And, uh, you know, I think he's very honest. I mean, even the other day he came out and said, you know, this is not right about the vaccine mandates for kids and yeah. I will not be doing it for my children. And, Just you know, and yeah, you know, and he spoke out, you know, and I mean, look, when they do that, they really put themselves on the line because, yeah. you know, everyone in Hollywood is watching them. I mean, I don't think people realize how much, um, these people are also controlled, you know, there's agencies, there's managers, there's people. Yeah pulling the strings, telling them, do this, do that, post this, put this agenda, don't put this agenda, you know? So when you choose to step out of that and say, no, I'm going to be myself and I'm going to say what I feel. I mean, you know, they're risking a lot, Um, but I think that he doesn't care. I think that he truly is a light worker. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's created. He knows where he stands in Hollywood. Who else would I say? I mean, I I do think there's quite a few. I think Channing Tatum, I think is another one. I'm pretty open about things. I would say like Tim Tebow, he's always spoken out against trafficking and tried to help people within that space. You know, I, I do think that there, honestly, yeah. I do feel there I are. Feel like Justin Bieber's like switched over. What about, Con- what do you think about Kanye? Like, I feel like Justin Bieber switched over to light. Like, I feel like he talks about God so much and I feel like he's almost like dropped hints about what's going on. Yeah, I think Justin Bieber switched as well. I think he chose light after, I think after dating Selena, because she was so dark and everyone yes. knows Everyone knows she's a witch. Everyone knows. And, well, at least anyone that's paying attention knows she's a witch. And so, I mean, I was even told, like when I was on set, uh, I'm not there. She wasn't there, but like her friends were and they were like, yeah, just FYI, like just know that it goes on here. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> it's like, but that's, but, but that's the thing. It's like people write it off as like a joke when you're on set. People like make it. I mean, I'll never forget when I was, you know, styling and I was really at the top of my career. And I was at a, I think it was an Academy Award, like gifting suite or something. And I'll never forget this woman walked over to me and she straight up walked over and gave me her card and said, you know, I represent Scientology and we think you'd be an amazing, you know, fit to bring in. And we'd love for you to meet the members. And, you know, we'd love to help you advance in your career. I I mean, there was no hiding it. It was very much like, we would love for you to join us. And I was just like, uh, what? You know, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I mean, and that happens all the time. And the thing is, is that, you know, I try not to judge people because, you know, the thing is, is when you're in Hollywood and you're in it and you're really like, 
you know, it, it's truly smoke and mirrors and you have no idea until you really get in it. And you just are like, I just want to make it. And I just want to, you know, get my name and I want to do this and I want to do that. And when people are telling you, you know, that have all this power, I can help you and I can advance you and I can do this and I can do that. It's hard not to be like, oh yeah, I would love that. Oh yeah. You know, I would do this. I mean, and people are, you know, given the most crazy offers. I mean, I'll never forget when I was first engaged to my husband and I, we had just kind of like gotten settled in LA and I was on a set and a producer literally looked at me and said to me, oh, I have a question. And I was like, yeah. He's like, how much does that ring mean to you? And I, I honestly didn't get the question. I thought he was just asking me like something about the ring. And he looked at me again and I was like, what? And he's like, we could really help you with your career, depending on how that is for you. And I was like, wow. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. So it's literally just like dark, like treacherous energy in every corner with so many different layers to it. It and really it, is. It, it like must feed off of each other. Oh, I'm sure they feed. Yeah, I'm sure it all feeds off each other. Oh, and I'm sure, you know, certain players at different tops are saying this and telling this one to do this. And, you know, and there's so much of it, right? And it's, and it's hard because like, again, if, especially me, I was so not only in my ego, but I love fashion. I love styling people. I was loving the experience of transforming people and having them feel good and in love what they were wearing and getting best dressed and being on the red carpets. Like I loved all those moments. I loved every minute of getting to watch them walk the red carpet. Like all of that was so flipping amazing to me. Like I, I still get chills when I think about all the experiences I went through and all the amazing places I got to be with these people who, you know, would dress all these different projects and everything. But then, you know, the behind the scenes that you don't see, right? The things before the projects, yeah. the things after the projects, the things in between when people be hanging out at night before something would happen, like all of that darkness is what people really don't see. And that's really what's going on behind the scenes all the time, well, you know, and- for sharing that, because I feel like a lot of like, it just, no one believes it because no one's going to share the information. Right. And I think people need to wake up to it, but they're not like, you know, the, the celebrities that they're looking up to aren't going to tell them what's going oh, on. Oh, no, of course not. And they're, and they're paid and bought and sold and they're not going to yeah. share what's going on. And, yeah. you know, the thing is too, is like, I think, you know, we know cognitive dissonance is so real, right? We yeah. know that people really don't want to know. I mean, you can put the truth in front of them and they don't want to know. Look at COVID, look at how many things have come out and, and how many truth bombs, about everything. And it's like, oh no, but I'll just like get the vaccine and exactly. It's fine. And yeah, I'm just going to do what they say. It's like, oh, but right in front of you is myocarditis. Right in front of you is this. Right in front of you, you know, it's, it really is so crazy how much people would rather hang on to their pride and the old foundations. And I've had to even learn this within my own family, like that, you know, I'm a complete black sheep and conspiracy theorist with all this because oh, they're like, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's, they're yeah. like, there's no way. And that can't be true. And it's like, it's sad, but it's like, it's for them to go on their own path and their own journey to awaken to or not. And, you know, I think that when it comes to these conversations, it's just being open and using your own discernment of like, what resonates for you when you look at someone if you're tapped into energy and you know what is light and what is dark you should know from being able to look at them or experience them or how it makes you feel when you read something like all of that should resonate you know I tell anyone who messages me on social like let's start from the beginning everything from God's source is love anything from fear is not so when you tap into that fear whether it be COVID Hollywood, whatever it may be, you need to ask yourself, like, why are you doing things? Is it a program? Is it a fear? Is it something that is, you know, lowering your vibration and lowering, you know, your frequency? Like ask yourself, like, is it doing that? Because if it is, something's wrong, something's off, you know? And when you're doing something out of love, 
then it's, you're never going to question it. It's authentic. You know, it's authentic. You can feel it. It's like I tell people when they're like, I'm just so sick of this. I want the truth to come out. And I'm like, look, the truth is coming out. The truth is unraveling. It's a little bit slower because the darkness is constantly taking over. But at the same time, truth is a much higher frequency and it will come out and it will rise because it is the truth. And so people have to be able to understand that and tap into that. But I do believe a lot don't want to see it and they choose to put their blinders on and they choose to keep their head down and look, raising my hand. I was in that in Hollywood. I had people tell me in the beginning of my career that I was going to have to sell my soul. I had people in the, tell me in the beginning of my career that there was trafficking, all these different things. And I literally looked at these people like they were insane. Like mm-hmm. I apologized to some of them down the road, you know, Liz Crokin being one of them, you know? And I was like, you know, I'm like, there's no way that's insane. And she was like, I'm just telling you what I know. And I was like, there, no. And I remember sitting there being like, you are out of your mind. Like what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all these things start happening. And I'm like, oh my God, she was warning me. Like she was giving me a heads up. But anyways, I just think that, you know, especially right now, people need to use discernment. You really have yeah. to tap into like, let's talk about Travis Scott, right? Okay. Yeah. When you watch that, whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not, you cannot tell me that you feel good watching that. Like right. anyone, I don't care who you are listening right now. You do not feel good watching that show. Like I know for me, I immediately felt that darkness. I staged my whole freaking house. I was staging my family. I was doing Paul Santo. I was praying. I was setting intentions. I was meditating. I was doing all the things. Like I felt that darkness the minute I watched that show and I only watched like three minutes. And, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing now is like people really have to start tapping into the energy and the frequency and ask themselves, what do I feel when I receive yeah. this? What is this? Even when your favorite quote unquote celebrity posts something like, what do you feel? Do you feel controlled? Do you feel manipulated? Do you right. feel there might be an agenda or do you feel actual genuine love and authenticity? Like that's what you have to ask yourself because Maybe people around you that you call quote unquote conspiracy theorists sound crazy to you, but if they're being, you know, of love and they're just sharing something, maybe you need to ask yourself, am I just in my ego and I don't want to hear it? And so therefore I'm just letting this manipulation continue or like, are they actually trying to give me a message or are they crazy? And like my discernment says they are, and that's fine, but it's like, you have to tap into that. No one else can, you know, tell you what that is. And I think that's where we've gone wrong as a society is like, we allow everyone to tell us the mainstream, the media, big tech, everybody to tell us what the truth is. Now we have freaking fact checkers everywhere. Like, you know, it's like, give me a break. Like you can look it up and figure it out yourself. What's fact and what's not. Don't let someone else tell you, you know? And so it's like when they want to say the Travis Scott concert, people were stampeded. Okay, sure. Maybe a few people were stampeded because of the chaos of what happened. and, And we know he incites, you know, anger and all of these things. But let's talk about the big picture. When you look at the stage and you look at the, you know, freaking art, quote unquote art, and you look at the setup and you look at the burning of the dove. And, you know, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, the the shirt he wore with the Uh, blue going through the portal and then they become red with horn. I mean, how much do you start to ask yourself, is this conspiracy or is there really something more going on here? I have news for you. Anyone listening? Uh, It was a demonic mass ritual. You watched a ritual happen. Like, It was so clear as day to me. I was like, holy crap. I honestly couldn't even believe. I said to one of my friends who's super awake. I was like, I can't believe this actually happened. And she's like, I'm not going to lie. Like I watched this and was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this actually happened. Like I know like things of this have happened before, but I can't believe it was at this level where it was that much in your face this time. So in your face. And that's in your face. It's like, 
And I know a lot of our listeners and I talk about all the time is like goddess worship and we have altars of goddesses and we surround ourselves with crystals and frequencies that we love that make us feel good. It's like, okay, so what the fuck would make anyone feel good about being in a, like a set that looks like actual hell with fire burning with sound frequencies that are like literally like ruining your chakras. Like how is that normal? Like how do they not know what they're doing? Exactly. And, and also too, like anyone, if you listen to anyone recap this, even people who aren't quote unquote, you know, conspiracy theorists that talk about the show, they all say it felt like literal hell. They all say the energy was so dark. It was so heavy. And it's like, okay, so when you're listening to that and then you're reading what the mainstream media is telling you, which by the way, they're lying about the number of deaths. We know they're lying about, they're blacking out everything that's being discussed from the cardiac arrest to the demonic energy. I mean, all of it, it's like, when do you start to wake up and go, hmm, something's not right. Yeah. Something doesn't feel right when I look at this. Something doesn't feel right when I when I listen to this. Like, I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, look, you don't have to believe every single quote unquote conspiracy theory. Although news news flash, most are becoming most true. Most are true, yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you can't get on board with all of them, but it's just, you know, it's crazy to me when people are like, you know, oh, you know, oh, it was just a concert. I'm like, really? When in, in your right mind, do you look at something that's a quote unquote concert and see this kind of stuff? Like, was when? this the first, I haven't looked into it that much. Was this the first concert, first of the tour or like, was, it the first with it was the first yeah it was the first it was the first day first event of okay yeah mm-hmm. so that, like I mean that's got to tell you something too like it'd be one thing if it was like the same concert that they'd done 15 times right exactly and, you know like that tells you something what do you think of Kanye you know it's funny I at first I thought oh you know he's still dark he's this that now I kind of feel like not so much I think Kim's completely dark I think she chose her side I, I'm I, I'm so, I, I'm like such a Kardashian fan but I'm starting to realize that I'm starting to realize that they're part of it because I used to be like they're not famous enough like no one cares about them like like for so long I think it was like that and then I feel like they were like accepted in at some point and now I'm like damn it now I have to face that yeah sorry but they're dark you need to yeah if I were you I would quickly unravel for them they chose their side I do believe Kendall and Kylie might still be well uh, now with Kylie with Travis like well so I feel like okay and this is like way rabbit hole but I feel like from the research I've done I feel like Kylie's controlled I feel like they used Kylie and because we know they control we know there's MK Ultra, we know there's all these different things and I think that she might be controlled because I feel like she she will do anything at least from what I see as a mom for her you know for her daughter yeah. and yeah. I really don't believe she would put Stormy in that position I mean Stormy was right there in the heart of it right. um, and I feel like they probably just used her and controlled her to kind of essentially be there and be part of it and you know be in the mix of everything but I don't believe she actually maybe knew what was playing out until it actually played out you know which which we know they do I mean we know I mean and then it's like you know I was telling my friend the other day I'm like dude Chris's birthday she turned 66 on the night right. of that like let, let's let's get real okay like the, this was obviously planned between her and Travis and, you know, this was their, you know, ritual. And, and I mean, the fact that there were stories on social media after the show and they were like partying at David Buster's and they were celebrating, they were having a good time. Like, can we talk about Really? Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. They, cause, of course, because they took everything down. But 
can we talk about like tone deaf? Can we talk about not caring? Can we talk about showing your true colors, how much you don't care about your fans, but then you post the next day, how heartbroken you are. And you're so sorry. Give me a break. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, how dumb do you think people are? And unfortunately I do think some of that is going to, it's going to take that to like really have people be, you know, that much shook by like, oh my gosh, you know, a lot of people are saying right now, like, wow, they're comparing, you know, like Pearl Jam and all these other concerts to this. And they're saying like, he could have stopped it. He could have, and he could have, I mean, he, and, and if you watch the video, I mean, at least, I don't know, for me, I told my husband, I'm like, it literally looks like he's in a crazy demonic trance. Like he's just singing. He's just singing and looking at the people dying in the crowd. How do you just sing Mm-hmm. When people are literally dying in front of you. And How? he's saying the words. He's just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over right. Here. Exactly. Like, That's why I was like, it's like a trance. I'm like, what are you doing? Seriously? What are you doing? That was the most no. horrific thing to me. And so I just think it's like, how much more in your face can it be? And, you know, I think that, and that's going back to the whole thing with Kanye. Like, I think Kanye stepped away from all of them. I think I Kanye, mean, I think Kanye is a white hat. I think he was, I think he was controlled for sure for a long time. Um, and I think he was dark because I do believe that he was doing a lot. And I, and I've heard through the, you know, rabbit hole that he, you know, sadly probably sacrificed his mom, which we know is part of the rituals. They pick someone in the family and all that, which is horrible. And so, um, I do believe he was part of the dark, but I think that he kind of woke up and had his own awakening and his own psychosis break and everything. And now I do believe he's trying to spread light. Cause even if you look at his recent interviews, like he yeah. talks about everything going on and he calls it out. And unless yeah. he's that much controlled up where they're telling him to leak out that much information, that just doesn't make sense to me. One so, thing I found weird though, is he went for, for lunch with Anna Wintour wearing like gloves and a mask and was like, I, know, I saw that too. I, I was know, like, and, what? I know. And you know, what's interesting. Sometimes I, I also think like in a sense, right? Because we know this is a very spiritual war. It's like in a sense, they're playing double agents. So it's like he right. has to pretend right. that he's doing something so that he can right. keep doing what he's actually doing. You know what I mean? Like there's so much of that going on. Sam Bieber, like, you know, it's like he's essentially kind of controlled where he's showing up at things he's supposed to be showing up at, but then he's also spreading like God's message and, and sharing yeah. the word and, and, and also dropping hints about pedophilia and this, that, and the other thing. And so it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So where do you stand? So I, I do think the more this plays out, the more we're going to see them draw their lines in the sand. Yeah. We're going to see who's choosing dark, who's choosing light. My gut says Kim, Chris was always dark. I knew that. I knew that even every time I was around her, I, you know, years and years ago when I worked with um, Monica Rose, even before I was, you know, awake and I was just a little intern assistant, I never liked Chris. I always felt she was off. I said that to one of my friends years after when I saw her at a red carpet, I was at an event that she was at years later in Hollywood. And I said to my team, cause they had represented her that time for the event. And I was like, there's something so off about her. And they were like, yeah, they're like, she's demonic. And I'm like, oh, okay. We just laugh about it. Oh, like, everyone knows. Like, And that's the thing people in the industry know, but because this has been infiltrated so hard and this has been so intense, it's like, you can't just essentially rip off the bandaid and be like, oh, they all go to jail or, oh, wouldn't it be nice if that could happen? But it's just not that way. Way. And especially because so much of society is wrapped up in this, like there's so much, I believe that has to crumble, that has to crumble and has to essentially, you know, really go through a, a destruction before we can rebuild everything. And that's what I believe, you know, our new earth that we're rebuilding right now is like all these new light systems, all these truth bombs, all yeah. these things happening. But, you know, so I think that like that, that people don't realize that, that there's so much of that, but I, I just think, you know, a lot of people like laugh it off, you know, like, oh yeah, she's dark. Oh yeah, they're part of it. Oh yeah, they're part of the Illuminati. It's like, you know, Jay-Z, people are like, yeah, well, Jay-Z, you know, is the head of the Illuminati. It's like, oh, we all know that. 
but we do nothing about it, you know? So it's just, I think that there's just so much of this and so much power and control and everything that it's like, we have to essentially allow this huge tower moment to collapse and allow this tower to fall in all these different places in Hollywood and big tech and all these major systems for it all to crumble. And I believe for the darkness to come up for us all to see it. it So that we can shine light on it. Cause that's the thing too. It's like, you know, darkness, includes you know a not knowing like not knowing means there's no light being like shone on so like for us to see the darkness we need to shine light on it and when when we can see it we can shine light on it and then it can dissipate exactly i I, I want to know for the people who are like afraid because we talked about like we talked about fear so for the people who are afraid to know the truth and they actually think no it feels better to watch the news versus go down these rabbit holes. Is there any like tip to discern the discomfort of truth versus, you know, the like the kind of like fear versus discomfort? Yeah, I think going back to the frequency of what you were talking about, I mean, look, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. When I started awakening, I literally felt like I was losing my damn mind. And there are still some days where I'm like, what? No, that can't be true. What? Wait, what? Like there are those moments. But I think that again, going back to the frequency, going back to feeling in your heart, in your soul, like in the discernment, does this make sense? Is this really true? Maybe it's uncomfortable and that's fine because we all are going to be very uncomfortable, but it's like, is it true? Is there truth behind this? And if you feel that vibration where you're like, oh, I actually feel like this actually could be true. Then like trust in that and stop listening to what people are telling you. No, that couldn't be. And that's not true. And they debunked it and all this crap. It's like, no, don't you think these people would cover it up? Like, come on, like actually have discernment, you know? And I think also like, you have to face your fears, right? Like we all have to face our fears with everything in life. And I teach this even to my toddler, you know, it's like, I tell her, I'm like, see the fear and move through it. Don't let it take over you. That's what we're going through right now as a collective. It's like, see the fear, like COVID, right? See the fear. Okay. It's COVID. I had it personally back in May. So did my daughters, you know, like I get it. Not everybody has it and you know, it's fine, but like overall, most people are. Yeah. see the fear, move through it. Know what, you know, also know this therapeutics also know there's other things you can do if you choose to do those things, which I did, you know? And so I think that just going down the rabbit holes, it's like, see the fear. What are you so fearful of? Go through them and ask yourself and don't dive into like every single one at once. Like I did. God, that was so bad. I just like kept going and yeah. going and it was literally like, I remember I was just throwing up like every day, like throwing up because I was so sick. So yeah, I think that, you know, like for me, I was way too deep. Like I, I looked at everything super quick and then I was literally throwing up and I was so fearful and I was so worked up and I was also pregnant. So I was like losing my mind and was like, oh my gosh, what kind of world am I bringing the second baby into? And I was like really losing it. And so I understand like there is a real fear, but I think that at the end of the day, we have to remember we are part of God's source. We are the light, you know, we are meant for this time. There's a reason we're here right now. And we have to like dive into that truth and dive into that high frequency of like, I am the truth. I am of love. I am of light and be the light and, and say to yourself, I'm going to be okay. Getting uncomfortable. I'm going to get comfortable being uncomfortable, but I'm going to face the fear and I'm going to go through and, and do the actual research and go into the different rabbit holes that I want to go into, but I'm not maybe going to do them all at once and overwhelm myself. I'm going to take them piece by piece. And I'm going to feel into that discernment. I'm going to feel into that frequency and ask myself, what feels true, what doesn't feel true, what resonates, what doesn't resonate, you know, and really ask myself those questions. And I think that's the best way to kind of go about them. And, and then, you know, when you start to really 
awaken and you feel that because you will, and you'll feel those shifts happen, like trust in them and allow yourself to go deeper and allow yourself to get to know yourself more. Because the end of the day, I believe like society has essentially taken us so far away from ourselves that we don't know who most of us are. And then when you start to go through these rabbit holes and start to dive into who you are, you come home to yourself and then you start realizing like, oh, wow, this isn't even true of me. And, oh, this is a program and this is a limiting belief. And and that's not true either. And, oh, well then if this isn't true, well, then maybe what I just learned actually is true. And, and so it all starts to kind of connect. And then you find, of course, like-minded people and thank God there's so many podcasts and all these different things that, you know, people are talking and you can listen and you start to dial into your communities and you realize you're not alone in this at all. There's so many who have awakened mm-hmm. and it's only a matter of time to the collective awakens. So it's just a matter of having these conversations, continuing to anchor in that light and your truth and to speak that truth as hard as that is, that was one of the biggest parts for me and still is of constantly reminding myself to speak my truth, even if it is so uncomfortable, because there is so much goodness that comes from that, even if it is really scary. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like a full circle moment from the beginning of the episode, because when we were talking about when you finally face the truth of how you were feeling, it was really difficult to process. But then what's on the other side is, is the light and the magic and the beauty. And that's the same thing with, you know, learning this information. It's like, it's, it's uncomfortable, but deep down, you know, that it's the truth. So you need to go through it and then find that light on the other side. Absolutely. Um, exactly. Frequency. And we talked a lot about frequency and how that affects us in such a powerful way in our music, in our own energy. I know you have, you're doing like a really exciting collaboration right now. Can you tell us about it? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited for this. So this company and program called Soak, S-O-O. S-O-A-A-K, Soak. Um, They are a sound frequency program that I fell in love with and I started listening to other sound frequencies because our cells are always listening. And this is something I learned um, from my own journey of different, you know, modalities and things. And, you know, when your cells are always listening, again, tuning into frequency, you know, the mainstream, you know, music and media purposely pick 440HZ and pick low frequencies for us to listen to and to tune into. Why? Because they want to lower your consciousness. They want to lower, you know, your frequency and the way you feel. And that's why we have, you know, depression and chronic issues and all these things. And, you know, we always think like, oh, it's, it's this, but really it's, you know, it's not actually us. It's actually what's being brought around us. And so when I started tapping into all that, I realized like I had to stop listening to a lot of music and start turning off different things. And so I tapped more into meditation and then I found soak and soak is amazing because you don't have to be meditating. You don't even have to really be listening because our cells are always listening, as I said, so you can have it on in the background and allow the sound to just essentially soak into your cells, into your vessel, which is amazing. And they have all different ones like mental clarity and depression, and even for coronavirus and wealth and happiness and mental clarity, all these different ones. And so I said to them, you know, I was like in love with their frequencies and they were like, would you want to do some kind of collaboration with us? And they knew I was studying breath work and they were like, we'd love for you to do a breath work program. And so, yeah, I'm so excited. I just finished it with them and it's a breath work program with the frequencies. And there's two different amazing programs in the, within the frequencies and it's launching on uh, November 15th. Um, and it, I'm so excited to just like have people really dive in and get the breath work sense. Cause I think breath work is such an amazing tool. I've found so much beauty and so much light and just coming home to myself in breath work. And I think there's so much healing in breath work. And I think the breath can be like such a positive drug really within us that like, we're not really taught to use, like we're just taught to stay on autopilot. And when we actually allow ourselves to like 
truly breathe. We like tap into so much goodness and so much gold within ourselves. So I'm really excited that I get to be a part of this. And then you have the sound frequency with my breath work, having this whole program with these amazing affirmations that I came up with. It's just Oh, I'm so excited for everyone to get to hear it and get to listen to it and hopefully have it, you know, help them and and be intentional and and shift them on their own journey. So yeah, that's releasing next week and I can't wait. Um, And they gave me a promo code for it, which is uh, Ali capital ALI 70 for the first month. So you can really get to try it first, you know, super inexpensive and really dive deep. I'm telling you, you'll be hooked. I was hooked immediately when I started trying their stuff. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I can't wait to hear what people think of this, the breath work, because I think it's such a cool combination of the sound and then the breath work. Cause these are two modalities that have helped me so much in my own spiritual growth and awakening. Mm, yes. Breath work is next level as well. I'm so happy that you're teaching it now. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so like new to this space. I took training over the summer and I'm still honestly only really doing it with like friends and family right now. And just kind of like, it's funny, like if someone's having a hard day, I'll like text them and I'll do like a little breath work over like a voice note and I'll be like, just do this. And then they'll call me and they'll be like, oh my God, that was so amazing. Thank you. And so I'm just kind of like, you know, dabbling and playing. But when they asked me to do this, I, you know, again, those limiting beliefs, I was like, oh, can I, like, I just started. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm so excited about this. And I'm so excited it's launching. And it's just, it's me just being real, you know, just tapping into my own breath, sharing the breath works that work for me with the sound frequencies that I love and then beautiful affirmations that I, you know, wrote and that really resonate for me that I share within that program. So I'm really excited. And you also have a really cute smudge kit that I checked out and so, so adorable. Thank you. Yes. I launched a smudge kit about, I think like four or five months ago now with Taha collection. Love Annabelle. She's a mom. She's had a lot of her own spiritual awakening and is incredible. And she has an amazing candle and smudge, you know, collection on her Taha collection website. And I said to her, I was like, what could we do that'd be fun for the collective that could really help them just kind of center their home. And especially moms that might be struggling, especially in this time. So we came up with this really fun smudge kit that just has like Palo Santo and sage and beautiful crystals in it to like help you and agate and some different, just beautiful flowers and beautiful intentions written on the vase itself. And it's just so nice. It's like a great pick, little pick me up. I love it. I just sitting on my desk and I'll use the Palo Santo and sage so often. And then, you know, also like just play with the crystals and just look at the jar and read the intentions and it's beautiful. So yeah, you can check that out on Taha collection. And if you want to get free shipping and grab it, you can use A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E, just Allie Levine in all caps, and it'll give you free shipping for ordering. Yes, and we'll post all the links for you guys. And also 11% discount for styling, remote consultations, wardrobe auditing, closets. Yes, I wanted to make sure, especially being you being like Little Miss Glam and loving all things like fashion and spirituality, I wanted to make sure if there is anyone, you know, I do think the clothing plays such a part in our own spiritual journey. I know it has in mind. I think we don't realize how much color therapy and all of that can play a role in how we are feeling and what we allow to play in again with this frequency of ourselves. So if you do have any needs, I am doing things remotely, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, whatever's clever. Um, and just mention Chakra Girl Radio or Amber and you will get that 11% discount on whatever you choose to book. Yay. Oh my gosh. We're going to link everyone to all of this. This has been so amazing. I know we've gone way over time. If you guys are still listening, I'm sure you are. I am like, I hope you are just like soaking it all in and loving <laughs> it as much as I am. So Ali, thank you so, so much. Where can everyone find you online? 
Oh, well, thank you for having me. This was like such an amazing conversation. I literally was getting like tingles through my entire body. So I know, I know we moved some uh, things around for sure. <laughs> and uh, you can find me um, anywhere on social, Alleline Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. Um, my current podcast, Everything with Ali Levine. I am launching a spirituality podcast. Amber will be coming oh on very yes. soon. Yes. So oh my God. Yes. Excited. The podcast. I forgot yes. to pick that up. Yes. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not dropping the name just yet, but it, it, but it has been essentially announced that I am dropping a spiritual podcast all about my own spiritual journey and spirituality and really diving deep and having guests share their own awakenings because I feel very called this time. A lot of people are going through this and need this support. So I want to really get real and raw on my new show, but everything about Levine is really everything you can imagine from motherhood to spirituality, to health and wellness, to fashion. But this is going to be my new spirituality podcast, all about awakenings and spirituality and how you work through and move through and evolve. So stay tuned for that coming this month. And Amber is going to be a guest very soon. And um, you can find that obviously anywhere you listen to Amber's podcast. And uh, alilevine.com is my website, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E.com. And feel free to, uh, you know, DM me if anything resonates with you. Feel free to say hello and DM me. I always check my DMs and get back. I spend probably more time on the gram just because I'm answering DMs, but I am having a lot of fun uh, on TikTok lately. Because speaking of the frequency, Amber, I don't know about you, but I feel like there is a high vibe frequency on there right now. So I've been feeling very called to that space. And I'm constantly like on there thinking up different real ideas and things. So yeah, check yes. out those places and you know, just feel free to message me or email me. And if you do have questions within wardrobe or fashion, I'm happy to help you and have you in a quick consult. If you are looking to figure out, you know, maybe a change in yourself or what you're looking to do with your look, I'm happy to help. Yay. Oh my gosh. You're amazing. Thank you so, so much, Allie. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Let us know how you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure you check out all things Allie and we'll link you to everything in the show notes. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you. 